Isaiah 55, verse 6. six. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. And we had prayed and asked the Lord to give us something for today. And it's hard to explain. Sometimes he'll give you a thought at the first of the week for Sunday. You can study and pray about it all week. And sometimes it comes two or three days before the service. And I had studied somewhere else. And he gave me this this morning. So this is what I'm going to step out and trust the Lord on. Call on him while he's near. Call you on the Lord while he is near. And it says, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye on the Lord while he is near. <clears throat> Seems like men seek for a lot of things in this day and age. They'll seek for wealth, they'll seek for fame, they'll seek for justice, they'll seek for their, their political views to be heard. How's all that working out? Seek ye the Lord while it may be found. That's what we need. We need the Lord. And I know we've, you've seen it for the last six months. People's bickered and fussed and fought and argued and spewed hatred every which way. We need the Lord. We need to seek the Lord while He may be found. People take it for granted. Did you know that? And I'm going to get to my text here in just a minute. People take it for granted that they can just get to the Lord anytime they want to. It, it don't work that way. Seek ye the Lord. Now listen, there's a, a qualification in this verse. While He may be found. Friend, you have to be, have a broken heart to find the Lord. The Bible says He's nigh to them that have a broken heart and will save such as be of a contrite spirit. I'm going to tell you, if you want our country to be better, our country needs to seek the Lord while He may be found. Call on Him while He is near. And I just quoted you the verse... He's nigh to them that are of a broken heart. We've pitter-pattered along for most of our lives, and now here we are. And there's not a family under the sound of my voice that's not been touched by what's gone on in the last year. You've lost loved ones. You've seen folks that you love at the point of death. Maybe you yourself have been affected by what's going on over the last year. And you, are, and you pray for me for a few minutes. I want to get right into the heart of this if the Lord will let me. And maybe it's been you that's had to sit and watch on FaceTime or over the phone your loved one that you couldn't hold in their final minutes. Maybe they... The, this virus separated you from your loved ones. Maybe you couldn't physically be there in the room with them, but aren't you glad that they could still call on the Lord? Aren't you glad? And maybe John testified to the fact that he had the virus, and I talked to his son while they had it. He said he'd been breaking groceries and just sitting on the porch, and they couldn't hold one another. John couldn't hug his son during that time. Peggy couldn't hug her son during that time. But they still had the Lord. He was still there. They could still call on Him. Call on the Lord while He is near. Things happen when you call on the Lord. Aren't you glad we have somebody that can do something about the problems we have in this life? All we have to do is call on Him. It's that simple. So we read in God's Word about a young lady 
that had married a man named Elkanah, and her name was Hannah, and every, every, every year they went to the sacrifice down at the temple, and Elkanah gave his, his wife and his other wife and his children their portions, but to Hannah he gave a worthy portion, and it bothered Hannah because she was barren. It bothered her because she couldn't bring forth a child. And so we read where she was down in heart, she was in despair, she was in agony, and her heart was broken to the point of where she went, she prayed a prayer and her lips moved but no words came out it's not in how loud you are it's not in how many people in the church hear your prayer it's with what you pray with that makes a difference it's whether or not it comes from that broken heart and whether I can hear a single word or the whole church can hear you pray is irrelevant it's whether God hears that makes the difference and I'm here to tell you you need to call on him while he's near so Hannah called on him and Eli the priest noticed what she was doing he thought she may be drunk and he told her to put away the wine but she said no I'm in bitterness of soul and I need a touch my words from the Lord if you'll call on him while he is near he's got the power to answer every prayer that we pray call on him while he is near. So Eli said, at a certain time of life, you'll conceive. God will answer your prayer. He'll give you what you're asking for. They used to sing a song, I've never said a prayer that he couldn't answer. And you've not either. <laughs> you know what Hannah prayed for? She prayed for a man-child. And this was how much she desired a child. Now you might substitute Hannah's name for our name. Instead of Hannah, you might say Dutch Bottoms. Are we desiring a child? It got awful quiet, didn't it? I know we're in the midst of a trial. I know we're in the midst of tribulations. But are we desiring a child? Preacher, what are you talking about? I've done raise my children. I'm talking about a spiritual child. Would we like to see our boys and girls saved? Would we like to see some little boy or some little girl? And I love them to death and you do too. But they have a soul and they need salvation. And the only way to get it is to call on the Lord while He's near. Had a desire to child. She was in bitterness of soul and she prayed. And Eli said, at a certain season, you'll conceive and break forth. And this was Hannah's desire. She said, Lord, if you'll give me a bad child, I'll give him back to you. I'll, I'll let him go down and serve the priest all of his days. That ought to be the main desire of every mother, of every father, is to give their child back to the Lord. Oh, we'd like to see them happy. We'd like to see them succeed. We'd like to see them have a, have a happy marriage, a happy home, have lots of money to spend and be successful in life. But the best thing you can see your child do is what they stood right in front of you and did this morning. Lift up the name of the Lord. Say, I'm a child of the King. I'm glad I'm saved. Profess that you've been saved by the grace of God. Give your child back to the Lord and see if it won't be a blessing to you. You can give your child all of the perks and the benefits that you could possibly give them and still them be a failure. But if you give them the Lord, they've got all they need in life. Moving on. Call on the Lord while he is near. Before I leave Samuel, let me relate to you how well Hannah's prayer was answered. It said... There was no vision. 
in that day, if you read on, down in the first book of Samuel, Eli's eyes had grown dim. Now, folks, we take that, we take that to mean that he couldn't naturally see Eli's spiritual eyes were dim. Do you pray for me for a few minutes? There's a lot in this if I can get this out. What are you talking about, preacher? Eli's spiritual eyes were dimmed. His sons were taking advantage of the priesthood. His sons were taking more than their share. They were taking advantage of the, of the sacrifices that were being brought in. They were doing evil things in God's sight. And Eli did not reprimand them. Eli did not speak to them on this matter. He didn't tell them they weren't fit to be a priest. He just tried to console. He tried to conjole. He tried to go along. Let me tell you something. When we condone sin, trouble is on the way. And we need to call on the Lord. But a little, all because of a prayer of a little barren woman, help was sent. Through the lad Samuel, I'll not go all into it. You read it. It's a, it's a great, great story in the Bible. I will just relate to you how well that Hannah's prayers was answered. The Bible says that Samuel never let the words of the Lord fall to the ground. You want your child to be successful? Teach them to do exactly what the Lord tells them to. Teach them to follow and obey him regardless of what man has to say. Teach them that God comes first and everything else is behind him. That's how well God answered Hannah's prayer. She raised a child that obeyed the Lord. You want an example of how Samuel did that? You all know who Israel's first king was. It was Saul. And Saul displeased God and he rejected him for being king. And while Saul was still king, the Lord spoke to Samuel and told him to go and to anoint David to be king. Now they had a king. His name was Saul. And, and I believe if I, don't, if I remember it right, that Samuel said if Saul found out, he would have killed him. But he went anyway. He never let the words of the Lord fall to the ground. And he ordained David to be the king of Israel. And David was a great and mighty man for Israel and the Lord because Samuel obeyed God's word whenever it was sent to him and did what is what's that mean? Never let the words of the Lord fall to the ground. He obeyed God in spite of what men thought. He did what God told him to do. I'm here to tell you if you want a happy life, if you want to live a life that you're pleased with when you draw your final breath, obey God. Don't let his words fall to the ground. All right. Call on the Lord while He is near. A bad time. Down where Hezekiah lived. Samaria, I believe it was. The Assyrians had surrounded him. Nothing in and nothing out, and his people were starving to death. If you want to know how bad it was, read what Hezekiah had to say. He said, this day is a day of trouble and rebuke and blasphemy, for the children are come to the birth, and there's no strength to bring them forth. That was how bad it was. We read where Sennacherib, the representative for... <clears throat> For Syria came out and he said, we've rolled through these other countries and destroyed everything they had. And he even spoke to the Jews in their own language. If we're not careful, we'll listen to a wolf in sheep's clothing. Oh, he spoke to them in their own language. Just because they sound religious, just because they invoke the name of Jesus, just because they, ha they have that smile and they shake your head and they make you feel good does not mean the Lord is seeing them. I'm here to tell you today, you better trust the Spirit and the power of God because that's the only true representation of the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, what makes you think you're God? 
He's going to deliver you. And then the king of Assyria sent a letter down to Hezekiah. He was troubled anyway. He was tore up on the inside. Have you been Hezekiah? Have you been troubled on the inside? Have you been tore up and didn't know where to go and what to do? So Hezekiah did the only thing he knew to do. He went to church. When you don't know what else to do, don't quit on God. Don't shut out. Don't give up. Don't give in to Satan. Go to church anyway. God's got an answer for you. Just wait and in God's time, He'll take care of every problem you've got if you'll come and call on Him while He's near. We give up too quick. Well, he ain't answered my prayer. How do you know he's not working on it right now? Hezekiah was surrounded, starving to death. But he took the letter down to the church, down to the temple from the king of Assyria and spread it out. And you know what Hezekiah did? Maybe nobody could get in. Maybe the... the army from Egypt could not get in to help them. Maybe the neighbors around Samaria couldn't send food or supplies or humanitarian aid. Maybe Hezekiah had lost all hope in his, in his humanity and the folks around him. But he did the only thing he knew how to do. He called on the Lord while he was dear. He took the letter, spread it out before the Lord, and he prayed, and he begged God to help them. And just a few verses later we read where the prophet Isaiah got the word from the Lord that told him not to be troubled, that God would deliver and he's still in the delivery business today. He can still help you in your time of trouble if you'll call on him while he's near. City surrounded and the Lord breathed and 185,000 Syrian troops became dead corpses. That's all it takes is to call on the Lord. While he's near. You want to go on? Sennacherib, the fellow that was over the 185,000, went back where he came from. And while he was there in his home, his own children took a sword and took his life. When God does something, he does it complete. He does it right. He leaves no doubt. Have you seen miracles in your life where you knew it had to be God. There was just no other explanation for it. It had to be God. You had gone to your life smile. You had done all you knew to do, and then the body had of God swept in. You knew it had to be Him. There was no mistaking it. There was no denying it. And that's where Hezekiah was. He called on the Lord while he was near, and the Lord delivered again. Oh, I'm here to tell you, when I was an eight-year-old boy, I prayed, and God delivered my soul from hell. I don't have to worry about it anymore. I'm not afraid of that fire. I'm not going there. It don't bother me at all. I've been redeemed. I've been delivered. Oh, but that's not the last time God has delivered me. I've been heartbroken. I've been troubled. I've been down. And again and again and again when I got called on him while he was near, God showed up in a mighty way and he blessed me over and over again. Call on him while he's near. If you're a little bit down, you're not alone. Somebody mentioned this a service or two ago. The prophet Elijah. Go and read it, I believe, in the first first Kings 17th chapter, something like that. God had performed a miracle. He had made the fire fall from heaven. And consumed the sacrifice, the wood, the rocks, the water. You ever seen water burn? That sounds impossible, don't it? But God did it. 
and the dust. We think about the sacrifice, the wood, the rocks, the water. But the Bible says he consumed the dust. That may be the most important part of that scripture. Because you know what the dust is, don't you? You're looking at it. It's me, it's you. A lot of people want a little bit of God. Very few want a whole lot. We need to pray that the dust get consumed. <laughs> All right. Mighty miracle. And right after that miracle, he went up on top of Mount Carmel and he got down and he prayed. And every time he prayed, he sent his servant over to look to see if there was any change of rain whatsoever. And he came back time after time and said, No, now you talk about being patient. Oh, listen, we need to be patient with the Lord and let Him do things on His time because if He does things on our time, it might wind up being a great big mess. But if we'll trust the Lord with all our hearts, I believe what the Scripture says, and lead not to our own understanding at all thy ways. We have trouble with that word, don't we? It's A-L-L, three little letters, but it brings us a lot of heartache and strife. If we give Him all that we've got, then He'd, call, he'd answer when we call on Him and we can see mighty miracles still today in all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths Elijah prayed and the seventh time he prayed the servant came back and said I see a cloud about the size of a man's hand folks it's the little things that make a difference he didn't see the whole sky blackened like we do. He saw just a cloud about the size of a man's hand. I, I, I don't believe, and Marty is a better Bible scholar than I'll ever be. Marty, I don't believe he even said the cloud was black. I believe it just said there was just a cloud. Might have been just a little old white cloud. About the size of a man's hand. If you're not very careful, you'll step over. God's sign for you. You know what Elijah had to say? Get out of here. Let's get down out of here. Send word to Ahab. Ahab was the man that stood against Elijah. I guess you could classify Ahab as the, as the enemy in this story. But even he sent word to his enemy, Get down, it's going to come, an abundance of rain. And it rained. You might not think the rain is much of a miracle, but when you've not had it in three and a half years, you'd thank God for it. When the ground is dried and barren and cracked and nothing will grow and the grass is dead and brown, you might thank God for a little rain. Two miracles in the matter of days. You'd think Elijah'd be on shouting ground, wouldn't you? Guess what? He wouldn't. Even he got down. We read where he went up into the cave. And he said, they've killed all the prophets of the Lord. And I'm the only one left and they seek my life to kill me. Jezebel sent word, hadn't she? About this time tomorrow, I'll have you. You'll be dead like the prophets of Baal. And Elijah let that get to him. But you know what the Lord did? There he was in that cave. He had secluded himself. Did you know you can't help nobody feeling sorry for yourself? Did you know that you'll not help nobody sitting home alone doing nothing? There was Elijah in the cave. Your name's Elijah, ain't it? Why, my name's been Elijah from time to time as well. You've had that pity party, and I have too. Nobody left. I'm alone. Lord, why don't you just take me? And then I believe the Scripture tells us that there was... A rushing mighty wind, but God wouldn't end that. There was a raging fire, but God wouldn't end that. 
there was a mighty earthquake. It'd make the rocks fall from the mountains. But God wouldn't end that. You know what we think today and what men has, has programmed into this thing? They think God ought to be a big show. It ought to be like a big fireworks show that we see somewhere. It ought to be something that everybody lays eyes on. But sometimes, Jason, I think that He does little miracles just intended for you and for me to see. I thank God for His little things, don't you? Oh, because it gives me strength to go on another mile. Listen, I don't care how big the flames are on the fire in your life. I don't care how hard the wind blows against you. I don't care how many rocks fall down from the earthquakes in your life. Listen, listen, listen. The Lord is near. He comes by in a still small voice. He had never left Elijah and he's not left you either. He said he'd never leave us. He'd never forsake Take us, for lo, he's with us always, even to the end of the world. Elijah, oh, can't you hear me, son? I've got 5,000 that's never bowed a knee to bail. I'm still here. I'm still near you. I'm still your best friend. Call on him while he's near. Preacher, you've preached that Old Testament stuff. Well, let me give you some New Testament stuff. Is that all right? I'll be done here in a minute. (coughs) So Jesus left Jericho, and a crowd thronged him. (coughs) Just let me relay this to kind of set the scene. Before COVID, you all know I go to most of the UT ball games. And when there's a hundred and something thousand down there, no closer than I am to Gary right here, just two pews separate us. If he were to try to talk to me in that big crowd, there's no way I could hear him just in that little bit of space. It's just impossible because of the number of people that are there and the noise that they make. So the crowd thronged Jesus. Now, if you weren't sitting still listening to me, you all would probably, nothing going on, you'd probably be talking amongst yourselves. And I could speak to John, and he may not be able to hear me because of the noise that was here just in this building. But Jesus walked down and left Jericho. And as he walked down that way, there were two blind men sitting by the wayside begging. And when they heard Jesus was about to pass that way, can't you see them just sitting there asking for alms? They couldn't work. They couldn't support themselves. They were helpless. Somebody had probably led them there and set them down by the wayside as people passed up and down the road and they heard Jesus was about to come that way. I can see them just sitting down, their little cup that they had, and they begin to cry, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on us. You may have been by the wayside. You may be by the wayside today, but call on Him. Woo! While He's there, He's not too far. I know a, a little lady used to sing a song, My Lord is just a whisper away. That's how close it is. He's not left you. He's not forsaken you. Oh, if a man desire him friends, he must show, first show himself friendly. If I want Jesus to come by, if I want Jesus to talk to me, I have to show him I'm willing to talk. I can tell, you may think I'm stupid, but I can tell when somebody's interested in me and wants to talk to me, and when somebody don't want to have anything to do with me. Do you think the Lord don't have that sense too? He knows when you want to talk to Him and when you don't. Well, preacher, I'd like to talk to the Lord anytime. When we are too consumed with the things of this world... 
when work is all we think about, when our hobbies are more important than the Lord. I've heard preachers preach on golf. I've heard them preach on fishing. I've heard them preaching on going to the ball games. If you're still in church, when the church bell rings and your heart is there, do whatever you want to do, short of what the Bible calls sin, and you'll be all right. But whenever those things take priority over the Lord, you need to lay them down. All right. So the blind men cried out, and no doubt there were many important dignitaries in the crowd, many Pharisees, many religious folks. And they said, you boys just be quiet. Can't you just hear him? He's got more important people to talk to than you. You just sit there, you just be quiet. But you know what them two blind boys did? They cried out the more. Cry, cry, cry. He's close enough to hear you if they'll call on him. And if he didn't hear you the first time, cry a little louder. Cry from deeper down in your heart. If you didn't get the answer that you needed, cry. He's there. He'll hear you. Well, preacher, I can't get down on my knees like I used to. If I got down there, I couldn't get up. Your knees don't have a thing in the world to do your prayer. All that kneeling down does is show that you're humble. And you can be humble sitting in your seat. You can be humble standing on your feet. It's from the heart. You want proof of that? For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It's all, as Mike Potter used to say, heart work. Call on the Lord while He is near. I guess it was Wednesday night I preached to you a little bit about Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a man that was hated. Or maybe Tuesday night, I guess. Zacchaeus was a man that was hated. He was a publican. The Bible says he was little of stature. And we treat that as if he was short. As if he wasn't very tall. But you know, words have, can have two kinds of meaning. It can have the direct meaning, the literal meaning, then it can have a connotation to it. He was little of stature. Perhaps people didn't think very much of him. Perhaps he was hated because he was taking the dollars, the tax dollars that the children of Israel were given and giving them to the Roman government. But Jesus made a way. Jesus came by, didn't He? Call on Him while He is near. The blind men called on Jesus. And He said, what is it that you would receive? And they said that I would receive my sight. And I want you to go read this. I believe it's over in Luke's writing, if I'm not mistaken. The Bible says he had compassion. He didn't care that they didn't have anything to give. But he sure did have something to give them. Ain't you glad when you didn't have anything to give, the Lord had something to give you? He had compassion on them and he touched them. There was a time John Holt... You had nothing to give, but Jesus had compassion Amen. and came by and touched you, and you received your sign. Wait, talk about preacher. His he was blind, but now he sees. He he was lost, but now he's found. Aren't you glad that the Lord passed by when he, you called on him and gave you eternal? I'm gonna say that again because people need to know that. That's what it is. Eternal salvation. That don't mean you won't make mistakes. That won't mean you don't see it and come short. But what I've got, Satan can't get. He's not stuck. <laughs> I've told you, my mom used to can stuff when she was able. She, either dad would have a garden or one of the neighbors would have a garden and they'd give us green beans. And we'd sit and break them things. She'd put them on the stove and cook them. 
and put them in the jars, put them in that pressure cooker. When the heat got just right on them, you'd hear a popping sound. And that meant that jar was sealed. And she'd hand that jar to me when I was a little boy. And I'd grunt and groan and strain and do all I could. And I couldn't loosen that. I couldn't open it. Because it was sealed. And Satan is doing exactly what I did. He's grunting, he's groaning, he's straining, he's trying. But he'll never break the seal. Our soul is sealed until the day of redemption. I know we need to be inclusive. We need to be tolerant. I believe all the Lord told me to do was preach Jesus and Him crucified. So that's what I'm doing today. I'm telling you, Jesus is nigh to them who are broken heart. Call on Him. Seek ye the Lord. While he may be found, call on him while he is near. Did you hear that qualification? Call on him while he, while he is near. Seek you the Lord while he may be found. Let me tell you something. There will be a day you will not be able to find him. There will be a day he will not be near. Just ask the rich man. I believe that the rich man passed by the opportunity that Jesus was just this far away from him every day. He may have even stepped over the top of Lazarus. Stepped over his opportunity to meet Jesus as he went out and in and out of his gate every day but there came a day when he couldn't find the Lord there came a day when Jesus was not there when you go to hell it's too late the Bible said there'll be a day he said I've called and I've called and you've refused and there'll be a day when you'll call and I'll laugh at your calamity I'm here to tell you today when God has provided the gracious opportunity for you to escape hell when he's provided mercy for you to call on his name when he sent his spirit and his power by and you've refused and sat still and wouldn't call on him while he was near you're in trouble when he's not around you'll never escape that awful place the Bible says today is the day of salvation. Behold, now is the time. Today is the accepted day of salvation. If you hear His voice today, harden not. How do I know that it's Him? I was afraid to die. When I was a little eight-year-old sinner, I laid in my bed. We'd been to church. It was on a Sunday night. I laid in that bed... I don't know why I got to tell the preacher. Satan says you've told that a hundred times. Well, here's 101. I laid in that bed. We'd been to church and I heard the preacher preach how he hadn't been saved. And I still believe that's true today. Mom and Dad put us to bed. We didn't have night lights. We went to bed. It was dark. That didn't have anything to do with the fear that was on me. I didn't want to go to hell. And the longer I laid there, the more afraid I got. I was afraid that if I died and didn't wake up, I'd be in hell. Let me preach this to you. And young folks, you may not have heard much of what I said today. Listen to the next, for the next two minutes, would you? Just Listen. The longer I laid there, the more afraid that I got. But something spoke to me. Something said, why don't you just go in there where your daddy's at. Shake him on the shoulder and tell him to pray with you that he wants to be saved. Now when we were told to do something at the house, that meant you did it. They'd already put me to bed, Jason. And if it had been a bunch of foolishness, I might have got fussed at. If I'd have been whining and crying about something in the closet or because I didn't get to do something that day, I might have got fussed at. But I listened to that voice. Best thing I ever did.
I listened to that voice. I eased out of bed, eased into Bob and Dad's bedroom. And I shook Dad on the shoulder, and I said, would you pray with me? I want to be saved. They didn't fuss. As a matter of fact, instead of being angry or upset, I believe they had a little joy in their heart. They had concern. They had a fear for me, but I believe they had a little joy in their heart. We knelt in my bedroom on a little half bed. Well, preacher, what did you do to get saved? I want to preach it so simple that, yes, you can understand too. I did not know the Ten Commandments. I could not quote you the 18 articles of faith. I didn't really understand what it meant to be Baptist. All I knew was I was going to hell, and I didn't want to go there. How did you get saved, preacher? I'm going to tell you. I was afraid, and I prayed from the bottom of my heart. What did you say, preacher? I don't know what to say. I didn't either. Can you imagine that? The old preacher didn't even know what to say. I'd say you didn't know what to say either, did you? Oh, so I just said, Jesus, please save me. I said that over and over and over and over. And about the fourth or fifth time I said that, the trouble that was on my heart lifted. The fear of hell was gone. I felt different on the end inside. Bob and Dad prayed on for just a minute or two, but I already knew what had happened. I got saved right there on that little hype bed. I'm here to tell you this is a wonderful spot to get saved. I see Lady Bell right here and get saved by the grace of God. John has talked about his spot right over here. Bobby has talked about his spot right over here. Becky has talked about her spot right over here. And it's a wonderful place to get saved. I've heard Keith talk about this little spot right here. A wonderful place to get saved. But I'm telling you it don't matter if you're in church if you're at home, if you're out in the pasture field, if you're in the middle of the lake, if you got a broken heart, Jesus can save you. And that's the ideal time. Seek you the Lord while he may be found. If we were serious, if America was serious about solving our problems, and you came in late this morning, there wouldn't have been a seat for you. This place would have been full. We're not serious about it. All we want to do is fuss and growl and argue and not do anything. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and seek my face and repent of their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and hear their land. We're too proud to do that. That's why we're in the shape we're in today. Sinner, Jesus loves you. I got the opportunity Tuesday night to stand, I'm going to call it an honor, because that's what it was, Bobby. When a saint of God leaves this world and you know they've lived a godly life, and they call you to stand before them, it's an honor. I'm going to tell you what a little bit of what I told them. Saturday, by Saturday, Peggy was struggling to breathe. They had called Debbie and they told her. They didn't think it'd be much longer. My phone rang and there was Debbie. Gloved up, masked, face shield, gown, all that protective stuff on. She let me pray with her mama. And there was Peggy grasping for breath. And Debbie said, sing your song, Mama. And she sang, Jesus loves me. Prettiest singing I've ever heard. Fred, he loves you too. He's not forgotten you. 
I could commit the most heinous act humanity has ever known, and they might lock me up or even put me to death, but I would still be J.D. and Pat Strange's son. They'd still call me a strange no matter what heinous act I'd committed. I have sinned and come short of the glory of God, and yet I'm still his child. He's not forgotten me. He's not forsaken me. And if there's any space between me and him, it's because I made it, not because he did. Friend, if we've learned anything over the last year, and it's all coming up on a year, if we've learned anything over the last year, surely we've learned that life is precious. Surely we've learned that just because you're a young person don't mean that you'll grow to be old. Surely we've learned that just because you've got plans does not mean God won't call your name. That you might not make it, that you might face death. Have we learned that over the course of this year? Why do we not seek Him? Why do we not call on Him? I don't know about you, but there have been times in my life that I've tried to fix my own problems. That I've tried to say, well, if I can do, just do this, it'll be all right. Or if I can do this and then do this, things will be the way they used to be. And you know what happens? It's now a bigger mess than it was when I started. Call on the Lord while He is near. It's not Him that's forsaken us. We've forsaken Him. He's still waiting. Now I'm going to tell you a little bit about the Scripture that I had been reading. And then I'll come to a close. Just to prove that point. You remember the parable of the prodigal son? He said, Father, give me all the goods that falleth to me. And he took half of all his dad had and went out and wasted on riotous living. And not many days hence he found himself in want. He joined himself to a citizen of that country. And that guy put him out there feeding the hogs. And if you're a Jew, that's probably the worst job you could have. And the Bible says when he came to himself, he said, I will arise and go to my father's house. And I'll tell him I'm no longer worthy to be his son. Just make me as one of your hired servants. So that was his intentions, just to go work for dad. He didn't want anything dad had. He knew he had had his share and he'd wasted it. So there he was with what he thought he'd tell dad. But when he got there, dad saw him afar off. And he went running to him. And he wrapped his arms around him. And he called for the best robe that he had. Brand new shoes. A ring. And they killed the fatted calf. And he said he rejoiced because his son that was lost had been found. Friend, it don't matter. Did you hear what I just told you? It don't matter. It don't matter how far away from God you've got. It don't matter how many things you've done that if this church knew, you would be utterly ashamed. It don't matter what somebody did to you 20 years ago. You know, I've seen people hold grudges for years and years and years. And their cup was just barely covered by blessings because of it. If they had let it go, their cup could have been like David's and it could have run over. But they wouldn't. All that stuff doesn't matter. Let go of it. Because God's got more for you. He's near to you. Call on Him. Get to know Him. Let me say this. And I know we've got several of you ladies. Your mate has gone on. But Jesus ain't left you. 
you could call on him. Yes. He'll be right near you. You might not be able to talk to your mate, but Jesus is there. You can talk to him. Amen. Amen. They believed. They're at rest. And he's left you here to do a work. So just trust the Lord. Trust him. Trust him that he's got something special for you. That he's going to be able to use you. Oh, listen. The, the kids that sang this morning, some of them raised their hand, some of them didn't raise their hand, but you may be the very one that helps that child to see the need of salvation. So trust the Lord that He's going to do a body what you've done. You're not in the ground yet. He's got something for you to do. And you can be a blessing to your church, to your neighbors, to your family. Trust the Lord. He's got something special just for you. Don't you men sit down either. If God give us another day, there's something we can do for somebody else to be a help. You may not even have any clue what it was that day, but something you said or something you did blessed somebody. It's not always the overt things that are the blessings. Sometimes it's the little things. Well, preacher, those children aren't mine. Yeah, but let me tell you, if we're going to reach these boys and girls, we're going to have to mind God. And it may be your testimony, may be your song, may be your shout, may be your countenance that causes condemnation to fall on these little boys and girls. And I can say this, you may be up in years, but I can say this. I believe I can say this on behalf of these parents. Please obey God. Please, they will see their children saved too. Call on the Lord.